What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespanol.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, let me, let me talk about talk. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit in Every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes Hello and welcome To life as a gringo I am Dramos Of course Man I know I've been Heavy on the guests To start off this season Which has been Absolutely incredible I know last week We did uh, A talk that I That I gave A, a public speech That I gave which I, I thought was really, you know, just uh, powerful as far as, you know, Latin Heritage Month goes and speaking to some of the things that, you know, our community goes through. But now I kind of wanted to get in my bag a little bit and, and do more of a one-on-one a, a -on -one show uh, here for today's episode. And it only felt right, given some of the things I've been having go on in my personal life, some of the conversations I've been having, some of the, man, breakthroughs I feel like I've been having, uh, it only felt right to kind of bring that to, to today's show and and 
This is going to be an extension of one of my more popular episodes from last season. And this is part two of our of our mental health uh, exploration, you know, and again, it's never ending. So there's going to be a million and one different versions of, of this show and new discoveries and ideas and things like that. But I wanted to to make this officially our mental health episode part two. That's been one of the more popular episodes from season one, as well as one of the ones that, man, so many of you guys just have reached out to me in regards to. So it only felt right to kind of do a more updated one, especially because, like I said, I've been stewing on so much in my own personal life. You know, I've been having a lot of conversations with my girlfriend. I had a lot of discoveries about, you know, childhood trauma that's been reoccurring in my life and where a lot of my depression or anxiety comes from. I had a, a crazy conversation with my parents over the weekend that was really just beautiful, just kind of opening up to some of my experiences and also having them a little little bit open up to, to me about some of their experiences. So I, I thought it was just appropriate to kind of tackle this this topic and, and do it from a, a different angle than we did previously. Now, I do want to obviously talk about the numbers specifically when it comes to the Latin community and the mental health issues that we face, as well as the lack of man, treatment for, for these issues. You know, there's, there's various barriers as far as why our community, you know, uh, doesn't make this a priority, doesn't believe in it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but there are numbers to back up, you know, the man, just mental health issues that run rampant in the Latin community. So we'll get into a, a deep dive of that in our For the People in the Back segment. For our hint this segment, I want to give you guys a little insight into kind of what I've been going through, what kind of motivated me to, to bring this to the table for today's episode, as well as kind of this recipe I've created for, you know, trying to uh, maintain a, a healthy mind, you know, and, and to combat some of these negative thoughts that, that do creep up, you know, and, and, and how to you know, try and just stay healthy and understand what I need to find that balance, right? So we'll talk about that. And then we hit this segment. And then for our Ask a Gringo segment, I want to get y'all's take. I want to hear what what you guys uh, do for, for, you know, your own mental health. How do you try and, and keep sane in this world, you know? So we'll, we'll get into all that, man. But first, let's do our deep dive in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say it louder for the people in the back. Man, it's funny. I'm I'm feeling uh rusty when it comes to doing these solo episodes a little bit. So bear with me if I'm a a bit all over the place. But I I pulled up a few different articles just to kind of reference some topics. Now specifically, this one is is all about the Latin community uh and 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 their mental health issues, right? And uh, and our mental health issues, I should say. So this is from Medical News today. I'm going to read a bunch of different stats that they had. I just found it to be super fascinating in, in different areas. And I just thought it was really eye opening, you know, and the first thing they say is, quote, evidence suggests that more than 16 percent or approximately 10 million people in the U.S. Latinx community report having a mental health condition. And research also indicates that serious mental health conditions among the Latin population are increasing compared with the U.S. average of 45 percent. Around 34% of Latinx adults with a mental health condition receive treatments, man. So we are below average in the U.S. when it comes to receiving treatment for our mental health issues. They go on to say Latinx people are less likely to obtain treatment due to obstacles such as language barriers, poverty, and stigma. 
Mental health stigma can negatively influence how people perceive and treat mental health conditions. And they go on to say, I'm, I'm reading a bunch from it because I thought it was super profound. I'll put the, the link to this article in the show notes if you want to read the whole entire thing. But they go on to say, quote, because elements of Latinx culture may harbor negative attitudes towards mental health, it could discourage and prevent people from seeking help due to fear of discrimination or bringing shame to their family. Right? And it's crazy because you think about our community or many, many immigrant communities. We also bear the burden of like being uh, a representation for the world of our community, right? And I, I talked about that a bit in the the talk that I that I gave that I, I put in last week's episode, but that's like a whole nother shame, you know, that that comes along with like if you fail, you've failed your entire community. And at least that's what many of us have kind of been been brought up to to sort of feel like, you know. Now they they go on to to say that Latin communities living in the US may perceive a lower need for mental health care. A 2019 study notes that Latinx populations access mental health care roughly half of the rate as non-Latin white people in the U.S. Man, half, bro. And and it's not surprising you think about it. We're always like taught to that mental health isn't a real thing. I mean, pray it away, go to church and it'll it'll solve all this. Right. And and it's just crazy to to think about that. Like, man, we have so much trauma. And I, I covered this in the, the first iteration of, of the mental health topic. So I'm not going to you know be too redundant. But when you talk about the trauma of immigrating to this country, of facing things like racism, of man, like we talked about my guest, uh, Doris, where you're facing the trauma of being scared that your family may be, uh, you know, taken from you at any moment because they're they're not, uh, you know, legal citizens. They don't have paperwork. Right. All of that creates very unique trauma for for our community, you know, and it actually goes on to say that uh, a study in 2018 talks about how Latinx people are significantly more likely to experience serious depression than white people. I mean, you know, all, all kinds of, of, of statistics that dictate we actually are more likely to experience mental health issues, right? And this is actually a crazy one. It's a bit selfish as a Puerto Rican, but they say, quote, the research suggests that people with a Puerto Rican background may be at the highest risk of depressive symptoms. And they also talk about how at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, depression was higher in, in Latin adults. It's just crazy that uh, when you break it down like that, it's uh, depression is higher in, in Puerto Ricans. And man, like, you know, you, you just think so much about our community and like the shit we have to face on a regular basis. Right. And it, I, I, it is just a perfect recipe for, you know, mental health crisis. Right. It, there, there's no other way sort of around that. Right. And then the lack of support from our community just continues to ignite that fire. I mean, and, and this continues on with depression. Again, I mentioned, you know, uh, Puerto Ricans and they're, they're talking about how the prevalence of, of depressive symptoms in Latinos uh, is due to multiple factors. But their, their Latin background is a part of that. Right. There's like a level of trauma that that comes along with that, you know, and and anxiety is a part of that as well. They do all kinds of studies that talk about anxiety being a common mental health condition throughout the Latinx community similar to depression. I mean, it, it says that a 2020 study exploring healthcare use among uninsured Latinx people notes that anxiety disorders accounted for 16% of mental health diagnosis. So, you, you know, you have so many things that are also made to feel like they're not real or, or maybe they're just not spoken about. Like to touch on something I was talking about with my parents, you know, when I, I mentioned we had this big conversation, I'll elaborate a bit more, but I was like bringing up to my mom, like, that my grandmother, her mother, 
had anxiety and she pushed that down to her. And my mom had to like sit there and think about it for a second. It was as if that never even came to her brain. You know what I mean? Like it's never been a, a common conversation for her age group in our community, you know, but to me, like being somebody who has experienced these things myself, but also been trying to do so much work on learning about it and, and, and combating it and, and being an advocate for it. It's like clear as day to, to see it. Right. But it just shows you the, the generational gap in our communities. And, and if we don't take the time to put forth the effort to learn about this stuff, we're only just going to keep having the same cycle go on and on. Right. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll talk about when it comes to this, actually, second to last, they also talk about the prevalence of PTSD in the Latinx community, right? And race-related stressors, you know, being a, a, a part of that, right? And uh, that that can affect your physical and mental health, right? Because, you know, your your mental health can have an effect on you physically, right? And and last thing I'll, I'll mention that they, they talk about is the, the idea of alcohol use disorder is actually a common mental health condition among Latinx. Uh, with some sources noting that Latin adolescents are more likely to start using alcohol than black and Asian youth, right? So there's 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 so much there, you know, uh, within this this conversation of of mental health, specifically when it comes to our community. I think the the general consensus there is, and I was just kind of like going quickly through the stats because I think it's it's a bit repetitive after a while, right? It, it's like, yeah, we have an issue with mental health. Uh, in our community, and we're not really doing anything about it in in large numbers, right? In fact, we're below average when it comes to seeking treatment and help for this than than any other demographic in this country, right? It, it's just sad to to see, and again, the the stigmas. I mean, and this is prevalent in the the black community as well. You know, uh, obviously, you know, someone like Charlemagne the God has been a huge advocate for for you know therapy within the the black community, but you know. For, for people of color, it's just so crazy to me how we think we can just like pray away our problems or we sweep them under the rug, you know, uh, but we're, we're facing levels of trauma and traumatic experiences that, you know, other ethnicities don't necessarily relate to. Right. Again, you talk about the idea of, of racism and the trauma and stress that that brings on and then shows up in real ways in our, our lives, you know, be it our, our mental health and then eventually our our physical health, you know, so I, I just kind of wanted to read some of those stats. I, I did dive a bit deeper into some of it again in the first version of this of this uh, conversation that I did for last season's show. I think it was episode three, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, or, or episode two, one of one of them. But if you're interested in kind of hearing more specific stats, how they pertain to the Latin community, I really dove deep into into that one uh, and and talked about, you know, the the mental health numbers amongst, you know, families who have immigrated and, and, and all of the the above. Now, for, for today's show to kind of make it a little bit different, I also wanted to dive into a bit of the conversations that I've been having personally in my life with, with trusted ones, but also some of the work that I've been doing to try and combat, you know, these uh, depressed, depression, you know, depressive episodes I, I go through, whatever the technical term is, you know, I just kind of call it like this negative storm you know this this uh this wave that you you go through of of dread you know and speaking for myself and i can assume many people can can relate to that so i kind of want to just take you a bit through what i've been discovering and how i've been actively trying to to combat it and and also the sort of results of that right the beautiful results of of me doing this work and having these conversations so let's uh let's dive into that in our mihenta segment but first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. 
Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. All right, so... Like I said, I've been really heavy on this conversation as of late. And I wasn't even originally planning on doing an episode about this until literally I was I was getting ready to kind of like prep for the show. And it was just kind of, uh, I don't know, my gut always when it comes to picking topics for the show is whatever is like been heavy on my heart or on my shoulders, you know, I, I, I just bring it to to the podcast and, and 
you know, and trust that if I'm going through these things and somebody out there can probably relate to it, right? You know, I, I know a lot of people like pre-record podcasts, you know, so many episodes in advance and things like that. But I like to kind of really just like be going through it with, with y'all as you listen to this, you know, and, and try to make it as in real time as possible. Just a little kind of antidote. But like I said, I've been having a lot of these conversations as of late because, you know, I've been really taking great strides within my mental health and not necessarily in like perfectly healing it or anything like that, but but pushing myself to explore it, it deeper. And and this started, you know, with towards the end of the summer, getting back into therapy. I've, I've been kind of on and off with it over over the last few years. I got back into that. And then through that, you know, sort of recognizing these sort of waves that I was having of, of uh, depression and, and, you know, sort of despair and noticing that they were lasting for, for far longer than, than felt healthy, you know. So that sort of led me to exploring for the first time medication. And, and I got a, a, a psychiatrist and they prescribed me with some antidepressants. You know, I took some like exams and, and I had uh, what they would call kind of severe depression, like a kind of borderline, you know, severe de- depression and then anxiety. The anxiety wasn't as bad. Right. So they, they treat me for um, for depression and, and uh, they prescribed me Wellbutrin. This isn't an ad for, for Wellbutrin. I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still the jury's still out for me if, it, if it's working. But my point being, I am really just like hitting it hard right now. And then also, like I said, having the conversations and, you know, one thing has been amazing for me is having somebody in my life that I can have these types of talks with and, and that understands it, you know, my my girlfriend being that person. And if you've been following the show, you know, uh, at the end of last year, I went away on like a, a personal growth retreat called the Hoffman Process. And I learned a lot. And, and their whole premise is like that many of the things that we suffer with as adults, the trauma, all can be traced back to our relationship with our parents as, as kids, right? So for me, a lot of feelings of unworthiness, a lot of feelings of not being good enough, right, have always been very prevalent for me in my life. And, and one of the things that was really profound that I, I unlocked recently with talking to my, my girlfriend was that I've kind of been in this trauma loop, right? And it's actually the same feelings that I had as a, as a kid, as a young teenager, sitting in my parents' basement and at the computer, like by myself and like feeling like, you know, nobody wanted to, to spend time with me, you know, and I had a complicated relationship with many of my friends that was kind of hot and cold, right? And I spent a lot of time in my parents' basement, you know, on the computer, just sad and depressed and lonely. And what I realized was that I'm like having this sort of subconscious, uh, almost like habit come up. And it, it's been happening recently. I, I moved into a new studio here and we have like an office area and I'll be sitting at that computer in the, the office area and like that same, that feeling of dread would come over me and I'd feel sad, I'd feel alone. And I recognized that it's actually the, like literally the same exact feelings I was feeling as a kid, right? So long story short is that I've just been almost out of habit and it's just like breathing or walking, right? You don't think about those things. Your body just automatically does it. I believe that, and I'm not a doctor, but for me, what I, I feel like I've begun to uncover is that like my body subconsciously automatically goes into these habits and there's little triggers that I'm maybe not even aware of. But again, sitting in a room by myself at at a computer, you know, uh, like that and kind of looking out the window, it, it, it for whatever reason was triggering some of those same feelings of, of loneliness. And I recognize that 
okay, I'm reliving my same childhood trauma as, as a kid. And obviously, those same things that I was upset about don't exist anymore. You know, I, I've done a lot of healing work, but my body is still at, like out of habit going into that mode, into that feeling, right? So that like recognition was super inspiring because for me, for the longest time, I always just assumed there was something genetically wrong with me, right? And I'm going to quickly pull this up. My, my, uh, my girlfriend was kind enough to, to text me this podcast, right? It's from the Tim Ferriss Show. It's another podcast. Uh, but he has this Dr. Um, Gabriel Mate on, right? And his his argument is that there has never been proof that depression is actually a genetic um, gene, right? And and he thinks that in inherited sensitivity, like he thinks sensitivity is actually the gene that's inherited, is actually what causes mental health conditions, right? So our our sensitivity, our ability to maybe feel too much is actually something that we can can inherit from our, our parents. And I think uh, there's there's terms like empaths, you know, you can look that up certain people who uh, almost can just feel too much, you know, they are susceptible to depression. And I recognize that in myself. So long story short, all of this information, recognizing that there's not something genetically wrong with me, right? And that these feelings of dread are learned behavior. And they're literally a habit that my body created and it, it just continues to relive it, even if the moment isn't real anymore, right? It, it just keeps finding ways through triggers in the environment to put me back in this mode, you know? And and that sort of felt so freeing, which I know sounds weird because of the fact that I'm in my 30s and I'm still living with the same trauma and feelings of dread and depression that were prevalent in my early teens. But it's freeing because I know that there is an answer for this, right? I know that that I'm not broken, there's nothing wrong with me. I just have to figure out how to, you know, have my mind break this habit, right? I have to figure out how to get out of this habit slowly but surely. I, I, it, there's like a recipe, and, I, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, but there, there has to be a plan of action. Like there's a light at the end of the tunnel in that recognition, in knowing that this is simply just a habit that my body has adapted and continues to go on and from, you know, childhood to, to now. And it's like this never-ending trauma loop, right? That's kind of what I've been calling it. I don't know if that's the the technical term. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just being honest with you about my own shit. And hopefully it pushes you to start doing some some of that work on yourself and research and all of the above, right? But, you know, this this then leads me to uh, the, the conversation with with my parents because I think figuring that out really gave me this this level of confidence. And And I'll, you know not drag this out too long, but I had a really beautiful conversation with my parents over the weekend where we just really dove into all this stuff, you know, and I, I told them that I was on medication, which for me is huge. When you think about the fact that the first time that I, I told them I wanted to get therapy, I secretly had to tell my mom and I felt so much shame about it. Right. So now fast forwarding, feeling comfortable to nonchalantly mention that I'm on, you know, antidepressants. And this is why. And, and we had a really beautiful, like civilized conversation where I just talked to them about many of the things that I went through as a result of, of their parenting. And with the knowledge that they weren't doing it to hurt me, they, they were unaware they were passing on their own traumas, you know. And and one thing that I've recognized from the Hoffman process and, and then in this conversation is that, you know, my parents felt, you know, that their own parents, uh, you know, didn't believe in them. Right. They had a lot of confidence issues that people, you know, didn't make them feel worthy. And unknowingly, they 
looked at me through that same lens almost, you know, like their ceiling was only but so high because of their own personal things, right? So so they gave me that same low ceiling, right? And 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 unknowingly, you know, made me feel very similar. Now, my parents did a great job of breaking the chains of making sure we felt loved, which is something that, you know, uh my my parents have described from from certain uh you know ones of 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 their parents that they didn't feel that way, right? So they they made great strides, but there was, you know, certain things missing that caused some of this depression in, inside of me and you know, again, the reference in Gabor Mate, but he he talks about how depression is is created by by you know an inability to express oneself, right? So, if as a kid you are told you can't express yourself fully, that your opinions aren't valid, that's what begins to to, to create that depression. It's the inability to express oneself. So, with that in mind, it was so powerful to be able to fully express myself authentically to my parents with some really tough conversations, but to be able to get that off of my chest, to be able to get that pain off of my chest, you know, was, was amazing. And then for them to share some of their experiences, you know, um, I mean, they, you know, one, one of them in particular has to do a bit more work before I think they're ready to really open up about all that they went through, you know, but it was just a great moment of kind of sharing some of our experiences. And again, to me is like the fruits of the work that I'm doing right now, you know, it's showing me how far I've, I've come on my journey. And I, I just wanted to kind of throw that little answer in there because anybody that is struggling with any of these things, uh, you know, it's often freeing to be able to talk about them and and to face your demons, right? To face that monster in the closet, you know, uh, even if it doesn't go as, as you know, well as, as mine did, I, I think there is something to, you know, making yourself heard and, and seen, you know, and, and regardless of how the other person or the other people react, at least knowing that you didn't hide how you felt, right? That you were unafraid to to truly express yourself in that moment. And that's so much power right there. That's your authenticity. And like I always say, that is your superpower. And I felt incredibly energized afterwards. I still feel it today. I feel incredibly confident. And, and again, you know, I'm, I'm floating on that high, but it's like unlocking another part of myself, you know, leveling up to that, that next level. Uh, you know, in, in my life. And it's just an incredible feeling. And and the last thing I kind of want to touch on specifically is is sort of the exact, I think, feelings of, of depression that I've been going through. But I think also some of the causes, because I think that there is, you know, a really interesting thing to be said and an interesting correlation between artists, you know, who have, you know, historically, right, mental health issues sort of go hand to hand oftentimes with people who are in the art world or are musicians or whatever the case may be. And there's a lot of studies and research that kind of showcase, you know, why that might be. And I, I read this article uh, on healthline.com and it was called external depression and it was called existential depression. What to do when your search for meaning overwhelms you. And it, it just hit close to home because that, that idea of the search for meaning is something I can remember as a kid having, right? Like, always questioning, why am I here? You know, uh, I, I can even remember there's this movie called Simon Birch when I was a kid. And and in it, you know, uh, Simon Birch is a, a dwarf and he believes that God created him that way for a reason, right? So he believes his entire existence is for a reason. And that like, as a kid clicked with me and I just felt like there's a reason for me to to be here, you know? And I always questioned, you know, what I was doing and why I was doing it. Right. And I guess that's that overall ex existential question of like life. Why are we here? Right. But also that that comes with 
so much of a burden because I think you're far more aware of what's going on around you, good or bad, right? And you feel it that much more. And that's what I talked about with the idea of empaths. I think that's what uh, Dr. Gabor Mate is talking about with the idea of people being able to inherit sensitivity, right? And that that can lead you down a road of, of depression, you know, but, you know, there are, are a lot of questions that they reference in this article, you know, and uh, they say, quote, at some point in life, you might begin to consider complex questions like, why do people suffer? What happens after death? What's the point of my life? What if I never find love? And and those are all, I think, kind of basic uh, questions. They're not necessarily groundbreaking. I think the one that, that sticks to me is the idea of wondering what's the point of life, you know, and, and not only just kind of asking it, you know, like, you know, in passing, but genuinely like wanting to give it some sort of meaning. And, and they say, quote, as you struggle to find meaning in pain, distress and injustice, you might experience some apprehension, even fear. These feelings are commonly known as existential dread. And they go on to say that, quote, existential angst can also leave you with a sense of despair for the world and your future, right? And and I think about this, I mean, you know, there are so many things that happen in the world and that, you know, when I have to like unplug, right? And I think it's it's natural and normal for any of us to. And I'm, I'm just speaking personally. I'm not making like I'm some special case. But I know for me personally, there are times I have to just stop watching the news. I have to get off of, of you know, getting the updates on some horrendous story. And it's not because I don't care, but it's because I feel it too much. And it puts me in this really dreadful place. And, and I think also the idea of not having control, right? They go on to say, quote, without answers, without any sense of meaning or control over your eventual fate, you might begin to feel hopeless, unmotivated, and unable to stop cycling through the same largely unanswerable questions, right? And again, if this is resonating for anybody, I, I, I'm going to put the link in the, the show notes. This is like existential depression where you just become overcome with dread, thinking about those bigger ideas, you know, and, and the world around you. And, and again, I think uh, the idea of, of artists, you know, why they're probably so susceptible to this is, is because artists are tapping into their emotion as a job, right? That's what they do. They're, they're tapping into feelings and you have to kind of be able to do that on demand, right? In your, in your artistry. And, you know, you're inspired by all things around you, but that makes you incredibly aware and present. That means to your environment, right? In order to get that spark of inspiration uh, from watching a show or being, you know, in a city and, and that like being the thing that drives you go create, it means that you're like emotionally tapping into your environment and that could be good but again if it's a negative environment that means it brings on those those feelings of dread you know and and they give a whole list of things you know that are reflective of uh, existential depression i'm not going to read off you know a lot i think we just kind of talked about that a bit in that list again it's healthline.com i'll put the link in, in the show notes if you want to read the full-on article and last thing i want to close on that is is also recognizing that like again kids who are in incredibly intelligent or creative or emotionally aware, self-aware or human beings, adults who share those same traits are oftentimes the ones who suffer the most just because they feel too much. Right. And, and I hope that resonates with, with people listening because that that like is the best way that I can describe it. You know, like I've always said, I feel the highs way too high and I feel the lows way too low. And and, you know, that was also part of me wanting to get medication was to kind of regulate that because the the sort of roller coaster ride of that fucked me up enough, you know, like even the highs being so high, 
gave me anxiety, you know, and uh, and and yeah, I think that that sensitivity gene unlocks a lot. Again, when you recognize that there's not something inherently wrong with you, you're not broken, you don't have something genetically wrong with you because you're depressed or anxious. You just learned that somewhere, right? You you learned that behavior. Your body adapted those feelings as a as a reaction to to something you went through. Like and and the recognition of that again is to me what what sets you free, right? The idea that I don't have to suffer this way forever. You know, there is a a light at the end of the tunnel. I just have to figure out the formula that allows me to have my my balance needed in order to to be mentally healthy, right? And and to also uh, you know understand that as long as you put in the work, you can find ways to undo these sort of trauma habits that you've developed that send you down this sort of spiral of of depressed modes. You know, again, understand that there's not something inherently wrong with you. There's not something genetically wrong with you. To me, is the ultimate freedom and, and means that there is, in fact, a light at the end of the tunnel for whomever wants to do the work. Now, with that in mind, we'll, uh, we'll get your take. And I'll give you all uh, a, a little perspective quickly on kind of a recipe that I've been developing for my own mental health. And, uh, and then I'll reference you to the idea of, of uh, you know, how to create dopamine, that, that happy feeling inside of you when you are feeling depressed. But first, I want to get y'all's take on, on what you do. I want y'all to put me onto some game uh, when it comes to what you do when you're feeling down. So we'll get into that for our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos 
para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Ask a gringo. All right, so I, I kept this pretty easy. I, I just asked y'all, what things do you do to help you through stress and anxiety? Because I think it's one thing to talk about depression and anxiety and, and all these things, but it's another, once again, when you unlock the idea that it doesn't have to be that way forever. And I'm not minimizing, by the way, anybody's feelings, what they're going through. I'm not telling you it isn't real by any stretch of the imagination. As somebody who suffers from depression and anxiety, I can tell you it is, in fact, very real. All I'm saying is it's not a death sentence and and that there is, you know, ways to fight against it if, if we, you know, want to take the time to learn more about ourselves and, and you know, where all these feelings, in fact, come from. So, again, it's about taking actions that help you find that balance to help get you back on, on the right track when you're feeling yourself begin to steer off into those moments of anxiety or depression. So I wanted you to put me on to, to some stuff, you know. I asked again, what things do you do to help you through stress or anxiety? I got a ton of responses. I don't have um, a, a uh, time. I'm laughing because I just read one of them. It was funny. I don't have time to get through all of them, but uh, I want to read a few that I got here. Uh, let's see. At M Brown 4444 says work out, bike ride, run, take a shower, listen to music. And yeah, that that is a, a very sounds very basic but it actually like chemically releases that dopamine inside of you right that's why you feel that like high after a crazy workout or you play some sports you're running around you break that sweat your body is automatically releasing that dopamine you know and that is like the positivity um sort of like medicine to a degree right like you want that dopamine you want to create that that combats you know stress anxiety and and depression it's something that I know my my psychiatrist has been getting on me about about creating a workout routine um, because he he believes you know as a clinical professional that working out is also a key to combating you know many of these these darker feelings. So I think you're 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 onto something there. Let's see at Talia Falcon, the homie. She's been on the show a few times. She says, "Uh, workout therapy every other week, motivational podcasts, 
And I, I love all that workout again, obviously therapy. I'm, I'm a big advocate of it. Uh, I actually recently, with that in mind, stopped going to therapy because I just felt like I was, wasn't getting something out of the talk part. I've done it so much. I, uh, I recently started working with a life coach. Which I think it's probably another story I can talk about for another day, but more so just creating actionable steps. And actually, that's a part of the recipe that I'll mention. Uh, my conversation with him, as well as ones that I've had with my girlfriend in the past, uh, helped me kind of try and create this like format to, to make sure I keep myself healthy each and every day mentally. Um, and last thing Talia said was the motivational podcast what she listens to. And I've noticed that that helps me out a lot, too. I'm a big fan of, uh, of Earn Your Leisure. And uh, that's not necessarily a motivational podcast, but they, they talk about business and it usually fires me up and like gets me over the hump of like feeling like, oh, my God, I'm not inspired or uh, I can't create something. I'm not good enough. And, and for me, like hearing people's stories and their struggles and then breaking down how they do certain things, it just like fires me up to like, you know, get that motivation that I'm sometimes like really in in need of, you know, when I'm going through um, depression, but definitely motivational podcast. I mean, that's kind of how I started in the podcast world as far as like what I was into was listening to other people's stories about this kind of stuff and how they overcame it was was always super, super helpful. I'm gonna read two more real, real quick. Uh, at Mikey YW718 says, masturbation, LOL, self-care 101. And and actually, this is uh, ironic. I was That was the one I was laughing at when I was scrolling through these responses. But uh, ironically, my psychiatrist, because he was talking to me about my insomnia, I was going through insomnia for a little bit. And, um, you know, he he said, like, uh, you know, get your nighttime routine, take a TV out of your room, don't have your phone, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, an hour before bed, whatever. And he's like, yeah, just, you know, get in bed, you know, if you want to uh, give yourself a, a personal massage, you know, do that. But obviously, he was he was talking about, um, you know, masturbation. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, the my inner child was giggling at that for no reason. But it's it it is you know something that has proven to increase uh, you know those those good feelings to relax you you know all of the above. I mean, obviously, there's other conversations about like too much or um, you know the negative effects that like a lot of pornography could have. But in general, the idea of like masturbation, self massaging, um, you know, releases a lot of those those stressors. So. I'm glad you uh, you brought that up. Last one at Director Key says CBD gummies stop, take deep, calming breaths, positive, rationalizing self talk, and those are all really great. Uh, CBD gummies. I've tried a little bit to to sleep, and it, it helped a little bit. I've recently gotten these um, these drinks called Vibes. My my girl put me onto them, and like a CBD drink, and I've noticed them like really you know help out a bit with just like helping me chill out and calm a little bit calm down a little bit i should say uh and then positive rationalizing self-talk yeah i think that's huge i think one of the best things that i ever adapted was from eckhart tolle and it's called the power of now but he he basically talks about how like seeing your thoughts not as you but as like something separate right so it's almost like you're looking at yourself from the outside if that makes sense you know what i mean like like it's almost like an out-of-body experience and that's how I began to adapt. You know, when I got a thought in my head, and particularly we're talking about negative ones, I would look at them as if it was somebody else's thought, right? And I would understand that that's not me. That's not who I am. And I would almost, at times, I would laugh at that thought and I would tell myself that's not real, right? And I would have that conversation with it as if it was somebody else's thing. And that has been super helpful to me, you know, and I, that brought up you know, when you said rationalizing, 
um, talk, you know, that that helped me with that, where I, I would be like, if I got a moment that said, oh, you're a failure, I would like, again, looking at it as somebody else, I would laugh and be like, that doesn't make any sense. You've done this, this and that you've achieved all these goals that you've wanted. And you know, you've done it as a good person, whatever it is, I'm, uh, I'm giving myself some self talk right now. But, you know, rationally breaking down those negative thoughts has been super, super helpful for me. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, you know, and, and for me, I'm going to quickly go through my own recipe that I recently developed, right? And I've been calling this a success recipe. I might change the name. It's just what I put off in my, in, in, in my notes, but it was basically, you know, a conversation I had with my, my life coach that I, I recently got. There's a really dope app called coach.me where you can, uh, you know, for relatively cheap, it's like $20 a week. You can get a life coach who specializes in different things, but whether it's trying to find more discipline, trying to achieve different goals. I did it years ago to help me break down my like three month, one year and five year goals or whatever it is, right? Help me develop a way of tangibly seeing results. And and now I use this one. Um, this guy's like more of a meditation, you know, expert, but also it's helped me cultivate presence. And also I think uh, as a result, helping give me an alternative to talk therapy which i felt like wasn't working for me at this point in my life right now but but i still wanted to get the help and, and explore these different ideas you know so he's put me onto a lot of cool meditations that have been helping me a lot uh, i'll put a link in the show notes the one that's been helping me the most so a lot of links for y'all to go through but i'm gonna quickly go through this list that that i had based off a conversation him and i had as well as conversations like i said that i've had with my girlfriend in the past but uh one of the things i wrote down was time off and breaks are essential and and basically you know, reframing the idea of time off not being a negative thing, but instead it's actually an asset that I need in order to be, um, you know, firing on all cylinders. And also in order to find success, I need to have that time off to allow my brain to rest, right? It's a necessary recipe. And that's sort of been helping me because I was someone who never took time off and like worked from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed and never took vacations, right? So understanding that it's an essential part of my life and retraining my brain to not look at it as like, you know, something stupid, but instead something essential for my success. Um, I wrote down flow state is sacred and needed daily like that. You know, when you find yourself like and you just get lost in something for and an hour has gone by and you don't know how fast that you don't know, like how the fuck that happened. That's what I mean by flow state. I try to do something each and every day, something creative that that puts me in that flow state where I at least get lost for like an hour each day. And that's been really helping me. Uh, community, having people to bounce ideas off of, you know, I've been talking about conversation with my parents or my girl. Having that that community and having just friends in general, you know, uh, I think is essential. It's something I've begun to realize at this point in my life. Playtime is essential. I say weekly, if possible, more. Just be a kid. Do something fun just for the sake of having fun. Uh, I go on to say, and, and, and moving down, I'm going to quickly try to get through this list. I know I'm saying a lot, but uh, deep, passionate, and vulnerable conversations and check-ins are energizing and needed weekly, if not more. This is something that's been huge for me, and it's part of the revelations that I've been having as of late. Um, not all conversations need immediacy, right? And I think that means like setting boundaries, you know, where if you don't have the space to have a particular conversation, be it your friends, family, spouse, like, you know, having a, a system in place with them that they understand, like, I don't have space for that right now. Let's table it and we'll get to it later when I have the clarity, you know? And that doesn't mean when you're in a bad mood, you know, you don't want to talk to them. It, it could also just mean like, I'm in a flow state. I'm going to go work. I need to like work on this creative thing to make myself feel good. And, and once I do that, I can have the space to have this conversation with you, you know, and then um, daily meditation practice, you know, followed by journaling. That's something that I've been readapting into my life and has been helpful. 
And the, the other one for me that's been big is that if my mind is hyper-focused on a specific task and I can't like get, get it out of my mind, like address it and then return to being present in the moment, right? So uh, there's been times I'm, you know, at the house with my, my girlfriend and like there's just one thing bothering me. I've been building up the studio for a minute. So like there might be, you know, I'm like, man, I really just wish I got a chance to like finish, you know, putting together that table, you know, and uh, understanding that my mental health is like better if I am so obsessed with it, I should just go like address it quickly. And then I can go back to being present and in the moment. Sometimes you just need to kind of allow yourself to indulge in that thing that you're is, is pressing on your mind. And obviously, you know, within reason, uh, physical movement daily, we talk about that, you know, getting in shape daily, mindful, quiet, or still time spent in nature or outside. I take my dog for, for walks and I used to have headphones in listening to a book or podcast. Now I, tr- I do it without headphones. I just want to like be perceptive to nature around me and to like whatever's bouncing around in my head and just be really present in that moment. No phone uh, and, and just allow myself to have that still time. Uh, stillness is the key by Ryan Holiday. He talks about this a lot. I would, I would suggest that. Clean space, clear mind. I'm a bit of a mess because I'm always running around doing different things. But I know that when I have a clean house, a clean studio, I feel so much better. And last one, have a weekly social media Sabbath. Man, I on Sunday of this last weekend, for the first time in forever, did not go on social media at all. I, I purposely cut myself off. And don't get me wrong. I had like that itch where you're watching TV, a commercial comes on. I, I go open my phone to go on Instagram. And I purposely stopped myself from doing it. There were a couple of times I opened the app and I immediately closed it. So I purposely am trying to build that habit of like at least one day a week, cutting myself off completely from social media, because I also recognize that social media can be a trigger for me personally when it comes to those feelings of unworthiness and, and uh, you know, being unwanted or whatever it is. Right. So understanding for me, even, you know, beyond that, I don't use social media these last couple of weeks until I get into my studio and it's time for me to start posting things. You know, I'm um, I'm living by this one quote that my girlfriend uh, said, uh, "Where post it and ghost it," as in post what you need to post because it's often you know part of my job. But then don't go and obsess over trying to refresh, you know, seeing the numbers every five minutes. You know what I mean? Post it and forget about it. So that's all things I've been trying to adapt. I know that was a bit long winded, but I wanted to share that because I feel like you know anybody that's looking for some sort of actionable steps, and for me this is like a recipe I'm developing to give myself the balance that I need in order to to try and remain healthy each and every day, right? All of those things contribute to balancing out the different parts of me so they're all working together and that they're all satisfied and happy. And with that said, let's quickly, man, tie a neat little bow around everything that we talked about today. And thank you all for participating at DJ Dramos on Instagram if you want to be a part of these conversations. With that in mind, man, let's sum it all up in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for conclusion. Mm. All right. So the one thing I just want to really, really reiterate is, again, depression, anxiety are not death sentences. There's not something wrong with you. You are not broken. This is not something that will last forever. Even me on medication, the plan is to only be taking it for a year. My psychiatrist, you know, truly believes that with medication and therapy combined or some form of therapy combined, you can then in a year wean yourself off and and go on to living a far happier and healthier life, right? So even with medication not being a lifelong thing, right? So again, you're not broken, you're not destined to be miserable forever. 
You just have to figure out what is bringing this up for you and, and then put in the work to try and break some of those, you know, really deep mental habits that you have and develop new ones that lead you to feeling far better mentally, right? And last thing I want to touch on, it's an article from healthline.com. I'm going to quickly go through it because we've thrown a lot at you for this episode, but you know, they say 10 best ways to increase dopamine levels naturally. Now, again, dopamine is that happy, happy feeling, that adrenaline, that great feeling that we, we all want in our lives, you know, that is the opposite of depression. Quickly, they, they say, number one, eat lots of protein. I've definitely noticed that when I change my diet in general to just being a little bit healthier, uh, I feel better throughout the day, not just physically, but mentally. They, they go on to say eat less uh, saturated fats. So like, you know, things like butter and, and, uh, animal fat, you know, eating less of that stuff can, can lead you to feeling much happier mentally, uh, consuming probiotics, you know, uh, your gut and your mind are often proven to be closely linked together, right? This is something like a lot of like acupuncturists talk about, right? Uh, if you have a, a messed up stomach, your, your mind is also going to be somehow some way messed up i don't understand how the fuck it works but it, it it definitely again makes sense when you put in the work on those things you know i try to take a probiotic every every day uh for for that reason and to feel physically good but also i've noticed a mental change this one i don't know what the fuck eat velvet beans um they, they say they contain high levels of l-dope the precursor molecule to dopamine velvet beans i gotta look into that Exercise often. I've talked about that a few uh, a bit on the show today. We all we all know that. Get enough sleep. Again, this has been really huge for me. I do not negotiate with my sleep anymore. I make sure that, like, barring some sort of crazy responsibility that I have, I always set out to get eight hours of sleep, even if it means I get into my office uh, later than I I like to. You know, because I went to bed late. Eight hours of sleep to me is non-negotiable. I try and go to sleep at the same time every night, go to bed early, like 10 p.m., uh, and, and ideally waking up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. So that's been a, a huge one for me. Listening to music, they say it can be a fun way to stimulate dopamine, uh, a dopamine release in your brain, which, again, part of my like routine that I've been noticing, it really helps me out. I walk into my studio. First thing I do is turn on my speakers, turn on the Bluetooth, and I put on you know like music that, puts me in a good mood. I put it on really loud and that's always an amazing way to kind of start my work day. Meditating. I've recently gotten back into this and it's it's been really groundbreaking for me now that I feel like I've found the right guided meditations. Again, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes, the one that I've been listening to lately that's been really, really helpful for me of being present. Uh, number nine, they say get enough sunlight. I, I try and do this early when I go walk my dog first thing in the morning. We'll sit out there for like, you know, uh, 10, 15 minutes just like, in the in the sunlight when we first wake up and, and that's been helping a little bit as well and then um to say considering you know supplements say your body needs several vitamins and minerals to create dopamine including iron niacin folate and vitamin b6 so taking your supplements i need to get better at that An another natural way to help you increase dopamine and i know it all sounds ridiculous right in general the idea that we have to work so hard to to feel happy but but you know what? That's just a part of of life. You know, the human mind is is an incredible thing, but it's also incredibly sensitive, right? And uh, and if you've gone through something, or or if you're born with that that genetic, uh, you know, uh, sensitivity gene, where maybe you're feeling a bit too much, you're too too aware of things, you know, uh, you're you're going to inevitably be faced with trauma in your life, and those are going to create 
you know, uh, certain patterns. And, you know, we can either be angry at life or, or we can say, I, I recognize the severity of this or, or, you know, the realness of these, these negative feelings, but I refuse to allow them to defeat me. And I'm going to experiment. And, and that's what this is all about. Experiment with, you know, seeing what helps me combat this, what helps me stay mentally healthy each and every day and taking note of it. I gave you my recipe. I'm still adjusting it. You should create your own, you know, adapt whatever works for you and insert whatever things, you know, that personally work for you. Like, again, it's an ongoing work. I don't think the work ever stops until the day that we, we are no longer here on this earth. But again, you know, it, it, it's, it's about having that dedication to yourself and understanding that you don't have to feel shitty forever. You just have to put in the work towards figuring it out, you know, and I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not taking away anybody's pain or trauma. I'm just reminding you that it's not a death sentence to have depression or anxiety. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Once again, as long as you put in the work and try and figure out what works for you and makes you feel good. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into today's episode. I appreciate everybody's been dropping new reviews. I've been seeing them. If you could do so, if you haven't yet, I would greatly appreciate it. You know, a little five-star review, a little positive comment goes a long way. Genuinely appreciate y'all. And man, dramas.com for some merch. I'm working on some stuff uh, for the next couple months. Uh, I've been teasing about a book, so I think we're going to have something the next couple months for y'all to check out. With that said, man, have an amazing start to your week. And, and I hope that this was helpful for, for a lot of people. And, uh, and, and man, I'd love to hear certain things that you're trying to adapt uh, if it inspires you, you know, to, to try and combat some of those, you know, uh, negative feelings that that we all inevitably go through. I'd, I'd love to hear what your recipe is. Hit me up at DJ Dramos on social media and I'll catch you all on Thursday, man, for our Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 